0: Welcome to Life on Edit. I'm your host, John Aberly. Today, we'll be doing a part two of a special guest I had a couple weeks ago, uh, Michelle Dreswold. I'm sorry, Dreswold. I'm kind of getting myself situated here. I had to kind of run in real fast. Uh, she is a handwriting forensic analyst. We covered a lot of things a few weeks ago, basically the science behind it, how Michelle got involved in it, And things along those lines. Today, I want to go a little bit deeper. I want to find out about some of her cases. I want to find out about some of the little nuances that go into it, how accurate it is, how many people are involved, all those things that go into making up a career that really not that many people know about and takes a special talent. Before we get started, you can find Michelle's book, Sex, Lies, and Handwriting, on Amazon.com, an excellent read. Again, sex, lies, and handwriting on Amazon.com. Michelle, welcome back to the show.
1: Oh, nice to be back.
0: I appreciate it. We got some uh, great reviews from some friends of yours. I was really happy to hear that.
1: Oh, yay, great. (laughs) (laughs) Made me feel good. Um, Yeah, that was wonderful. I thought that it went really well, so I'm happy to do it again.
0: I appreciate that. And again, I wanted to get a little bit more into it. Now, When we talked the last time, you were saying that you can read into a lot of things, obviously. You can read into the person's personality. You can read into their sexual preferences, things along those lines. Can you, just by, you know, analyzing the handwriting of someone, can you read into if they have physical or mental uh, ailments that they might be dealing with?
1: Oh, definitely. Um, Let's talk, let's sort of separate those. Um, anything that goes on, whether it's in the body and/or um, the mind, which is actually all controlled by the brain, shows up in your handwriting. Um, and I can tell you a fun story about that, um, about a physical ailment, and then I and we can talk about mental illnesses okay. also. But um, I was doing a television show, and I was going to demonstrate how you can look at Albert Einstein's handwriting and see how he set his goals and how he was a visionary. And when I looked at his handwriting on the A of Albert, the very bottom, if you take the A, and um, what would be your your sort of, your I guess it's a triangle, and then you have the A cross, but the very bottom of the stems of the I call it the legs of the A, there were these blobs of ink.
0: Yeah, I've actually seen that, yes.
1: Right, and so I said, oh my goodness, Albert Einstein had feet problems, or foot problems, and I'm like, how in the world am I going to find out? The handwriting shows he has foot problems, but how am I going to find out about Albert Einstein's feet? But I decided to use that thing called Google, and I looked up Albert Einstein's feet, and sure enough, it said that he had very, very, very bad varicose veins in the bottom of his feet, and those um, that kept him out of the Swiss Army. Hmm. And you see, when he walks, he always seemed to shuffle, and it wasn't because he wasn't athletic; it was because his feet were always hurting him, and he actually designed shoes that he thought would be better shoes for people, and um, when they did let the atomic bomb out, he was very upset about it, and he made a statement that said, I wish I had done something good with my life and become a cobbler and help people. And I would have never known that if I hadn't seen the blobs at the bottom of the A of Albert, if you have a physical ailment, it can show up before the person even knows it's happening wow. in their body. It will show up in their handwriting, and, and we've actually used it to help diagnose a few people, and I've been doing a study on how can you predict from the handwriting a person's physical ailments.
0: Wow. Now, now that leads me to step back and ask a question I was curious about. What comes first the personality then you learn how to handwrite or does the handwriting come and then the personality of the individual is growing or is it a combination it's possibly a combination um your normal handwriting is from as i said it's it's really
1: just your brain what you, your brain's telling your hand to do um so what you're going to see is your basic personality. You can try to change your handwriting, and people change it not even knowingly. They say, "Oh, I'm going to imitate this girl in school. I like her handwriting," and what you, or I'm going to try to do my father's handwriting. And so you can try to change your by changing that. What you're trying to do is imitate that person more. So,
0: but wouldn't can, the body though? But then wouldn't the mind eventually? trigger itself to go back to what is natural. It seems like you can only be able to hold that kind of uh, unusual type of pattern only so long, and then the body compensates again and goes back to what it feels right with.
1: Well, well, that's true, except we, especially as we're forming, let's take a teenager, you're not really who you are yet. And maybe throughout our lives, we are changing. I mean, you're not going to all of a sudden a stubborn person is not all and be going to become super nice and gentle and listen. So we are who we are, but we can change a little bit. And and by imitating somebody's handwriting or by understanding what you're doing in your handwriting, you can change aspects of your personality. You can't change a hundred percent yourself. Yeah. The little aspects that are holding you back in life, you certainly can change. Now that's not the physical,
0: but that's the emotional things you can do. So then you could see if someone in a certain period uh, goes into counseling, they go into therapy, they start to get help for whatever issues they may have, you would be able to pick up on the little changes within their handwriting pattern, be able to compare those to previous ones. Oh, definitely. So then you can see that.
1: I can see that. If if you or anybody goes through a change, whether it's physical or emotional, your handwriting will change. So by monitoring somebody and their handwriting, you can see about their physical health and their emotional health.
0: Wow. Now, let's get to the mental health aspect of it. Obviously, something that's hidden from the general public, something that people can't see as they can with a physical ailment but you're able to pick up through the right through handwriting through you know analyzing this you can pick up if someone is dealing with a depression uh, anything long term can you pick up as far, which I, which would probably be easier i would guess you could pick up on clinical depression bipolar disorder uh, personality quirks and so forth
1: right all of that you can pick up and um, i'll give any a, and some things are definitely, uh, I like call severe illnesses and chronic illnesses might be the better word. Okay. Those are things somebody may just be going through temporarily. And um, for example, let's just say somebody writes their name, and your, sig- your signature is how you want to show other people you are. And they write their name big and here I am, world. And then the rest of their handwriting is teeny weeny or goes downhill. They may be showing the world, I'm happy, life is good, but inside their brain, things are going crashing downward. Um, you can also tell very much if someone's suicidal or someone needs help or if you're dealing with a child or a teenager that um, is that child is going through uh, troubles at home. I mean, it's.
0: It really is like, I like I mean, a roadmap. This, it really is it, like it's a roadmap. It is a
1: roadmap. and it's, uh, like I said, it, it really. Can see so much. So, besides the chronic illnesses, you can see temporary what a person's going through. Even even myself, once in a while, I'll look at my handwriting and go, Oh, things are not going well. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll admit it out loud because I tend to be the person who, on the surface, Sometimes even if things aren't perfect, ah, things are great. And I don't like to ever admit that anything is wrong. So I can see it in my handwriting even if I won't even tell myself that I'm going through it.
0: So you can't escape yourself.
1: You can't <laughs> escape
0: yourself, no. You're really kind of stuck there. Now, I'm curious about this, and it, it would make sense with what you just said and how it would play out. But trying to imagine an athlete signing a $50 million a year contract and what that signature would look like then I'm trying to imagine that same athlete 10 years later filing for bankruptcy and what that signature must look like. You would be able to see both ends of the
1: spectrum. Right, both ends of the spectrum. And I might also be able to see, let's just say you're a very good athlete and you know you can do it, but you something keeps screwing you up so you can't hit that baseball batter you're mm-hmm. <laughs> missing the ball so even during that time period maybe there's something in your hearing that's showing why you're not succeeding what's holding you back from really reaching your top goals or like you say if someone's at the top of their game and then they're deteriorating whether it's financially physically emotionally it will show up in a, um through their handwriting and a signature which might go hey look at me I'm a big strong guy and, and or oh my god I want to crawl away I've lost all my money your your handwriting will change
0: now uh something I I've thought of and you hit on it by talking about people who might be suicidal or going through a depression or something I often think of teachers school teachers as the first line of defense in particular when it comes to mental health issues, because they basically see our kids more than the parents do. I'm curious, now this could be dangerous, and I assume you'll correct me, you know, you'll let me know if it is, but would it be advisable for maybe an English teacher or someone along those lines to take a few courses, certified of course, Mm -hmm. in handwriting analysis, to get maybe... Somewhat of an insight into his or her own, her own kids that she's teaching. Now that could be very dangerous too. I see the negative of it, but do you okay, see I, a positive gonna,
1: there? I only see the positive okay. of it. Let's just assume, an, um, a group of teachers, or psychologists, or psychiatrists, or anybody who works with the general public, but especially teachers because they see so many children. If they could get the basics, let's say they took a course from me, or any course, but it has to be someone who really knows what they're doing, and could show them these are the things you look out for. This is what you watch for um, if a child is being sexually abused, if they're um, being depressed. Now, they may or may not get everything, but there are certain signs that almost always show up so it would be such a valuable tool. So I don't really other other than someone who doesn't know what they're doing and goes, "Aha, you're being abused," and the person's not, and because whoever's reading it just absolutely didn't get it. But there are certain things that will, like a d- depression, will all, almost always show up in a certain way in handwriting. And if a teacher could get somebody help, if you could get help when you're. 10, then you don't have the same problems when you're 20 or 30 or 50 so it's a you it would be a great um, as you say first line of defense and I almost think every teacher should be required to learn
0: this It'd be something different you'd have to maybe change the mindset unfortunately because handwriting is as we talked about in the first episode is kind of phasing itself out but I see a backlash coming at some point where the educators are going to say hey we need to have handwriting as part of the curriculum. And you made a great point during the last show about how when you're learning to handwrite or you are handwriting, you use different parts of your brain.
1: Right. As I said before, when you when you type or use a keyboard, your, your brain isn't really as connected because you're not forming different letters. Your hand, fingers are just moving in a slightly different placement. But when you handwrite and or even printing... But especially cursive, your brain has to connect, and you have to form shapes, and you have to connect those shapes. Um, so a different part of your brain lights up um, when you actually use your hand and put a pen or pencil in it and make the movements actually. of the of, to, to form letters.
0: Michelle, we're gonna. I'm sorry, we're gonna roll into a break. We're okay. gonna come back. We're gonna keep going with this because again learning so much. You are listening to Life Unedited. I'm your host, John Averly. Today, my guest is Michelle Dresbold. She is a handwriting analyst. She is a forensic handwriting analyst. She has done work with the FBI, many law enforcement agencies across the world. We'll be back in a few moments. Welcome back to Life Unedited. That was probably the fastest commercial break I've ever had. Uh, so right back into it. You're listening to Life Unedited. I'm Johnny Avery. My guest is Michelle Dresbold. She has written the book, Sex, Lies, and Handwriting. You can find it on Amazon.com, an excellent read. And for the second part of the show, we're going a little bit deeper into the handwriting analysis part of it. I've got a couple more questions, Michelle. Specifically, Michelle, what does it look like? Could you give an example uh, of a couple letters? Uh, I'll throw out some situations and maybe give me, you know, what letters to look for. Okay. Someone who has a more introverted personality, not necessarily a fearful person, just very introverted. What would you look for in maybe a letter or some spacing or what have you?
1: Okay. If somebody's introverted, you may look for two Aspects. The first thing you look for is small handwriting. If something, I think the smaller handwriting, the more introverted a person is. If the handwriting gets so small you can barely see it, that person is hiding away and doesn't want anybody to see them. So the very first thing is it, a small handwriting. Um, another thing that can be an introvert. It's not quite an introvert, but someone who kind of pulls back a little. They'll, they'll have that handwriting that leans to the left instead of going to the right. So those are your your more introverted people, the people who are just a little bit. They're not the ones jumping into, like, you look at me the world. They're pulling back. So um, a very small handwriting is the first thing you might want to look for for somebody who is, Um, introverted. Now, they may have a big signature, which means they want to appear extroverted, but if they're inside of their, if the regular handwriting's teeny, they're introverted.
0: Okay. um, Not necessarily, we'll say a sociopath, but someone who eh, maybe is a nonconformist, doesn't, you know, kind of plays the game in society, but really doesn't want to, and behind the scenes, they're doing what they can to get what they can.
1: Okay, well, there's a lot of signs of that because there's all different personalities that show that. But some of the things you might want to see, if somebody's signature varies extremely differently than the rest of their handwriting, they write a certain way, and then their handwriting is a completely different look, Hmm. what they're showing you is not who they really are. So that's clue number one. Um, Another thing you might look for is... uh, Handwriting, that kind of goes in all different directions. It leans a little to the left. Now it starts to lean to the right. Then it goes straight up and down. Those are the people who emotionally, they're all over the place. Uh, there are so many things. Um, somebody who's handwriting, you can't... The one, if you want to ask what a con artist handwriting mm-hmm. looks but there's all different ones. A con artist handwriting will show you a letter, let's say an R or a B. You look at it, you think, oh, I think that's an S. No, that's a T. When you look at handwriting and you take the words out of context and the words could read to be another word rather than what they really are, those are your con artists. And it shows up almost every time, time after time after time, the pattern of a con artist that you can't read they're writing and they're showing you something different will show up. Um, so those are just a few of the things. And, and you made so there's a, great, a lot because yeah. a lot of people who are, if you wanted to say sociopathic, they come in all different forms, and so did their handwritings. Well,
0: you made a good point last time as well that uh, you know a lot of your high-powered businessmen and women, CEOs, uh, entrepreneurs, people with that kind of power, tend to show some sociopathic tendencies. And I guess it depends on how you look at them, whether positive or negative. It takes a strong person with a, a different ways about themselves to run a corporation than
1: the average person. Right. I mean, the person who's running the corporation isn't necessarily the person who says, well, I don't care if you get the credit or I get the credit. You know? yeah, it's There's true. There's who's going for the top, and you better not stand in my way.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, I've, I've seen it, lived it. <laughs> I've right. seen it all. Right. I'm sorry, go ahead,
1: Michelle. I was just going to say that those people um, have a personality. It's not by fluke. Every once in a while it's fluke. Someone gets to the top. But it's not usually. There's, There's personality traits that may not be the most pleasant but can make you very successful in life.
0: So you can see in someone's handwriting limitations how far they theoretically will be able to go in a given career field.
1: Um, well, you look at for certain things in handwriting. You can tell if someone's intelligent. I mean, that usually helps you get ahead. Mm. Um, you can see if someone is socially, knows how to socially connect. That will get you ahead. Um, if somebody's setting their goals way too low, they're not going to get ahead. Um, and there are things you can change in your handwriting to get you more ahead.
0: Now, to me, here's an interesting concept. Okay. If I was going to go into, say I've, I've identified something wrong with me, or I feel I need to go into counseling therapy. Okay. The more I think about this now, you would be someone I would want to send a copy of my handwriting to. Have you do an analysis of it, giving me a roadmap back to the therapist that I would be working with?
1: I, it, it's a wonderful idea, and I've actually worked for, with many therapists, and we work sort of in conjunction with each other. Um I can pretty much pinpoint someone's problems immediately. <laughs> As my friends like to say, what well, took them a year in counseling, I in 15 minutes tell them. Um, but yes, and, and it's good to track your progress. And um, if you, let's say you go to therapy and in conjunction with working on physically changing your handwriting, which is a physical movement to go with what you emotionally want, your therapy. Um, will be much more successful and you will get much more out of it. So it works in conjunction with
0: therapy. I like that. Seems to be, like you said, something in conjunction, an add on that can give you direction for which to go.
1: Right, gives you direction and what to go. But even more than that, if you are working on, you write every day, at least you should. If you write every day and you're working on the aspects in the handwriting that you're working on in your therapy, let's say, example, somebody does not cross their T, it means you're not pushing yourself forward to reach your goals. If every time you write, you force yourself to cross your T and you go to therapy, why I don't want to get, why can't I reach my goals, you have. Physically doing something that you're reinforcing every single day of your life to go with the once a week or once a month therapy you're going to.
0: So forget about necessarily negatively talking to yourself inside your head or out loud. Your handwriting could also be doing the same trick, just by right. using, and that could be even more reinforcing.
1: Right, right. Or you get rid of certain things in your handwriting. There's something called a whip stroke. It's at the very end of your your words. It, it, Let's say you write, it ends with the letter N, and then the N goes backwards and whips back from the right side, whips to the left. That's a whip stroke, and it means you're always critical of yourself. You're always saying, maybe I should have done it this way. Maybe it could be better. Well, if you actually learn to erase that in your handwriting, you just move it forward and don't whip it back, and you and you learn the self-talk as you're doing it. I I accept myself, and I can't wait to make other decisions or whatever it is you're working on. you physically working on it in your handwriting, repeat it in your brain.
0: Wow, this Um, is tremendous. I mean, mean, I'm sorry, I, I keep thinking about the concept and the possibilities. If you're a counselor, you're a therapist, this is probably the first thing or one of the first things I would have an incoming patient do.
1: Right. What I probably would do if I was a therapist, I talk to them once or twice, and then the third time, say, "Hey, let's see your handwriting." Um, mm-hmm. I, I kind of go. You can get an impression of a person; could be completely wrong. It's not until you see the handwriting that you go, "Oh, I know who they are." It's just kind of fun to see what you first think, and they oh, get them to write. But don't look at it for like three times and see if you were correct.
0: Well, wow. now I got a couple more different types of people I'm going to throw out there, you said uh, you can tell who an intelligent person is. And I guess we're basing intelligence on IQ, our accomplishments. I guess we're going to base it on what would be just IQ. What does that look like? What does an intelligent person with a above average IQ look like?
1: Okay. um, There isn't just one look just like Somebody could be an artist, an artistic genius, and someone could be an engineering genius. Um, so they they may not have exactly the same. Oh, this is what a, a person who's intelligent look, handwriting look like. But it what it does. One of the things the let the word will start off bigger and it gets smaller towards the end. Someone who isn't as intelligent, their handwriting. Let's say you're writing the word hello. It go H E L and then and then the O would be huge. So it gets bigger towards the end. Those are your non-intelligent people. Very, intel- very very intelligent people. If you have, let's say, an I, uh, like the word little, L-I-T-T-L-E, and they dot the I right away, um, those are very intelligent people. Um,
0: you mean they don't go back and dot the I after they've written the word? They do it immediately as part of the stroke of the flow?
1: Right, part of the stroke of the flow. If Okay, if the I or the T is in the beginning of the word, and they dotted it across it immediately. They're a very efficient thinker. Now, at the end of a word, your hand only goes back maybe a little bit. But anybody who automatically, and they don't even know they're doing it, um, I, I when I give a lecture, I talk about, I make everybody, cursive the word Michelle, and I make them go M I C A G L L E, and then I ask them, did you dot the i? What's What's faster, if you dotted the i right away, or if you wrote the whole word and dotted the i? Most people will go, oh, it's much faster to write the whole word and then dot the i. I go, no. If you dot the i right away, when you're done with the word, where's your hand? It's ready to move on to the next word. So people, so it's people who dot their eyes. Immediately, if it's in the early part of the word, are
0: usually very, very intelligent. Well, now I'm not gonna <laughs> don't want to <laughs> don't want to <laughs> make a correlation directly, but I thought it was fascinating because, as you said, little I was writing it out, and this is my this is my style. I immediately dot the i, and then the two t's coming up, I'm right on top of them, and I'm okay. moving. So All I right. thought that was interesting when you said Sorry. that. I'm like I
1: mean, okay. Oh, it really, the ones who dot their eyes, they actually have a creative intelligence. So, you know, there's all kinds of intelligence, but that's one way to know that somebody is creative and has, accept, has above, way above average intelligence.
0: Wow. Michelle, hold on one second. We're going to, again, go into another break, and we're going to come out and keep going with this. Really enjoying this. You are listening to Life Unedited. I'm your host, John Avery. Today, my guest, handwriting analysis, Michelle Dresbold. You can find her book, Sex, Lies, and Handwriting, on Amazon.com. We'll be right back. That was great, though. I like that. That's been 1977, I think, was when the Hardy Boy Nancy Drew Mysteries came to be uh, on television. I think it was Channel 6 out here, ABC. But we're going to welcome Michelle back. Michelle, let's go to another one. Um, We're kind of matching up words with different types of personalities. Uh, Let's say, unfortunately, you come across someone. What would a young woman... Uh, a teenage girl, maybe a younger girl, maybe 10 or 11 or 12, what mm-hmm. would we look for if she's in an abusive type of situation where she, God forbid, might be being molested or she's just in a physically and or emotionally abusive home?
1: What okay. What would
0: you look for there? One thing would look for just in general is, is that handwriting changing? Is it getting smaller and smaller
1: and smaller? That's the girl who wants to disappear. The other thing, your lower loops, meaning the lower part of your G, your Y, anything that has a lower loop, um, that's anything that goes on from belly button down. So... If your lower, her lower loops start to change. Example, um, the lower loops start to get weird looking, and um, they instead of being nice and curved, or they get angular, or go, um, and they they will they'll go too long, or they'll just you, the lower loops of your sexual area. Mm-hmm. So if something you you'll see that the lower loops will start to change and usually get tighter or more angular or or jagged. And that is a major sign of sexual abuse. There's a lot of signs, but um, that takes a lot of work to really understand. But the, the two things that I think a lay person could look for is, one, the hand ring starts changing and the hand ring starts to get smaller, 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 smaller. The next thing is maybe the eye, the dot, like um, a period, starts to get thicker and deeper and ground in, and that's, um, or, and the third thing in, in, in is the lower loops start to get angular or mm-hmm. distorted looking, and those are three major signs.
0: I'm going to go with one, and I might never do this, but this is a good friend of mine, okay. and I'm going to throw this out to you. She sent me a text on it. I know her, so I know her situation. She had a stroke about 15 years ago. Uh, okay. Her dominant hand became an issue. She also, that stroke brought on a dormant form of bipolar disorder okay. with a, which both have been very difficult for her to use her hand to hand write. Now shes she is a writer, but of course she types. Okay. But that's where that is. Can something like that be rehabilitated in the sense? can she find her handwriting again if she went and really went after it and practiced?
1: Um, I, I, I'll tell you some, a, a real situation, and then I will go back to your friend. I knew somebody. She had a stroke, I they, and other people have called me. I she, We talked immediately. I, while she was in the hospital, I told her she was right-handed. I said, start writing both with your right and especially your left hand. Keep writing and writing and writing with your non-dominant hand because you want both parts of your brain to stay alive. And, um, she, I mean, this particular person came out and recuperated incredibly well. Even the doctors were like, this is amazing. I tell people who've had a stroke or who feel like they're getting even other issues that deal with the brain, if you're right-handed, right with your left hand, keep writing, keep writing, keep writing, it will keep your brain healthier and more parts of your brain stable. So... I think um, for your friend, I would advise her, write with, you know, if it's hard, it, it, it force yourself. If it's the right hand, write with your your right hand if you're right-handed. But spend every single day writing part of the day with your left hand. And this is, goes for everybody, actually, in your eye. Mm. The more they tell you to keep using different parts of your brain, like if you always strive to work, change the path. But... So, You can't always remember that. But if every single day you use your non-dominant hand to write, you will be keeping parts of your brain cells alive. So whether you've had a stroke, and she should do this every single day, um, if she has bipolar, it's also good to write out her emotions and what she's thinking in a journal. But it will help the brain function better.
0: What if someone is ambidextrous? They can write with both hands. Is there a difference, Michelle? Can you pick up, if someone gives you two pieces of paper, you don't know where it's come from, can you pick up that that person is able to write with both hands?
1: Sometimes. Um, so that can always. throw you a most, little bit.
0: Okay, there is something that can throw you a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, some pe- most people are not really ambidextrous. They they go, I can do things with both hands, but they're usually more dominant on one side. Um, The the one thing that people who are ambidextrous can do, and left-handed also, is they can write, I call it mirror writing. They more easily, that way you can test somebody, tell them to write. Backwards, like the way you see it, and you know we call it mirror writing. The more the the easier it is to write backwards, the more you have um, your ambidextrous. So that's just one minor little fun thing to do.
0: Are you ever called upon to certify autographs and so forth?
1: I I have. um, I don't. I do more court work of actual forgeries. I mean, there's. Is this really? whoever signed this baseball, Yeah, there are people who just specialize in that. That I'm, I do more civil and criminal work than that, but I do do that, too.
0: Wow, that would be, again, my marketing mind is going crazy, thinking <laughs> what I could do with you out there in the marketing world, because I'm into sports memorabilia and things like that, and I've seen the fraud. I, I always thought for the
1: best thing that would make a fortune in, in sports would be looking at a sports team and saying, okay, let's look at all your handwriting see how you guys can do better. Seriously. And then we'd bet on that, the team, that team to win the Super Bowl or whatever.
0: <laughs> do you think that there's still maybe a prejudiced or misunderstanding against what you're able to do? Do you think there are people in the bigger picture? That um, still might yeah, look yeah. at it this, you know, look at it in a way. Hey, this is kind of, uh, you know, it's uh, smoke and mirrors. Do you, I mean, do you see that still?
1: Um, and sometimes, I mean, some people don't know the difference, and I'm not putting it down psychic or tarot card readers. And and I and I go, I try not to get upset. I just go, well, let me. What I tell them is. When you, when you have a poem, you have no choice in what you put in your lines in your hand. And they may mean something, they may not. You don't have a choice on the day you're born. But when you write, you have a choice in everything you do. And all I'm reading are your choices. And I think when I explain it to them that way, it starts to make sense. And. <laughs> And even the most skeptical people, I go, go, let me see your handwriting. I do it, and then I win them over. So <laughs> that's,
0: You've got a perfect disposition for it, though, because if you are questioned, and, mm-hmm. you know, people out there like to attack, too, you appear to be able to just kind of deflect it, kind of work with it, and then show them, no, you're wrong, honey. This is. <laughs> right. what, I mean, that's very impressive. A lot of people, when it's their life's work, are ready to attack back.
1: I'm never ready to attack back. I, I go I, I actually say to people, Well, if you want one more skill in your life that can help you in your life, great. Learn it, believe in it. If you don't want to learn it, hey, we don't need you.
0: <laughs> no, this is this is Michelle, real quick, and, and I forgot to ask this. Please give us a way to contact you, your website, because I think there's a lot of people. Out there are going to hear this broadcast, and they, you know, people in different positions of uh, work, and they could okay. really use your insight. So please.
1: Okay, well, my website is really my name, www.whatever, but. M I C H E L L was the two L's and an E. And my last name is Dress Bold, like a girl's dress, D like R E S, only one S, and Brave and Bold, B O L D. So Dress. Bold, And my first name is Michelle. Um, and and I have a, uh, um, if you go to my website, I do have a contact. You can get my email. Um, but anybody's, you know, welcome to contact me. You can look up our, I have fun quizzes, everything on my website. You're welcome to look at it. And um, I'm happy to, if anyone has any questions, I'm happy to talk to them or, or help them.
0: Now, I wanted to ask you, and I don't know, and I'm going to kind of, be cryptic about it unless you can talk about it. Okay. I know you're working on a large project. Something, uh, person. Okay, you can talk about it. I just wanted to make sure. Where does your show, I believe it's going to be a television show, stand? Where where are you at right now with that?
1: Okay, well, I'm working on a television show that's allegedly based, or was supposed to be based on my life, um, though it's fictionalized, and it's become very fictionalized, but... (laughs) Um, and it was being called Sex, Lies, and Handwriting. I have no idea what it's going to be called. And it's in the works. It's still in the, you know, we're moving ahead. Um, it's I've learned a lot about um, Hollywood, and it's <laughs> it's <laughs> Like oh my gosh! Um, I said I did. I've done very well with normal, like uh, the police. I've done well with the sociopaths, but Hollywood—that's a whole nother story. <laughs> and um, I, I'm hoping if everything goes right, um, next probably next summer or fall, there will be a show. If you see it, about a handwriting expert who was. Um, I have no idea what she's going to be like in the show because they fictionalized her, me, whatever. Um, but it, it should be a very, very fun show. It's a. It was supposed to be about, and of course, it may have changed by the time it's on the air. About, I'm an artist. Is about an artist who has this gift for handwriting analysis never thought she'd be working with the police to help solve cases all over the world but somehow this artist gets pulled into the crime you know, solving all these crimes so that's the basis of this show if you see it, they tell all your friends tell them all to watch it And um, but it will be in 2016
0: I will bet you right now if they stick and go you know, right with the concept you're talking about, a woman who's an artist by nature, artist by trade that learns and has this gift for handwriting analysis work, I think that would sell very well because there's a lot of people out there that will truly enjoy that. They enjoy all the CSIs and all the other stuff, and I could see, I always see older people really loving that stuff.
1: But you know, I would, you know what, the funny thing is, and this is what I, I enjoy so much about the handwriting, I will have teenagers and they'll just look at me and like, more and more and more. I'll have people in their 90s, more and more and more. I'll have men, I'll have women. It seems that it really reaches the whole gamut of, of people.
0: Well, I think you tap into something that is innate to most of us. We want to know more about ourselves because right. we're always interested in ourselves and we want to see how we're being perceived, how we are deceiving, mm-hmm. and how we can go about moving forward in our lives to get what we want and need. You right. offer not just a window to that; you offer a door into an auditorium.
1: You're right. Thank you. I, I, you you worded it perfectly. Oh, so. thank
0: you. That yeah, makes me feel I, good. Um, <laughs> but it's true, I, though. And I
1: think I even offer one more thing. And mm-hmm. and if I'm, is that if once. Sh- I think sometimes you know about yourself, but through the handwriting, it's in black and white, so it's not like a a perception that, you know, I can do it even if I've never seen the person, so I can't be, quote, prejudiced by the way I think they're beautiful, not beautiful, whatever. You're not looking at a person, so you're not prejudiced by your own personal feelings about them. And the other thing I think with the handwriting that's so wonderful is that, once you know yourself and you can change a few things in your handwriting, you can actually take control of, of pushing your life forward in the direction you want. And, and I find that part of the handwriting extremely fascinating.
0: So do I, Michelle Holberg. We're going to take our final break. Okay. Then we're going to come back, and I've got, I'm going to go a little bit in a different direction then. You are listening to Life on Edit. I'm your host, John Averly. Today my guest is Michelle Dressbold. She is a handwriting analysis. She is a forensic handwriting analysis. And we will be back in a few moments. Back to Life on Eddie. I'm your host, John Averly. Today, my guest is Michelle Dresbold. She is a hammering analysis. She has worked with the FBI. She has worked with law enforcement agencies all over the world. She has also written a book, Sex, Lies, in Handwriting. You can find that on Amazon.com. And, Michelle, again, please, a contact for you, your website.
1: Okay. Um, Michelle, just look up my name. Michelle, michell 2 l and E. And dress bold, it's all one word. Do you like David? R E S, like Sam. Be like boy. O L, do you like David? Someone who dresses with one, only one S and brave and bold. Dress bold.com. And you will find me.
0: Now, what I find interesting, and I want to kind of go in a little bit in a different direction here, you're a piece of the puzzle trying to solve different crimes, meaning. You're someone that law enforcement turns to to get a profile of the individual and then the detectives who have their own built-in radar systems. Uh, Most of them, the good ones know pretty much what they're looking for. It's experience. It's being intuitive. You name it. What is the case that you've worked on that stands out the most and why? What was it that, you know, if you're sitting by yourself on a Sunday morning, having a cup of coffee and you know looking out the window, that case might come back to you.
1: Um, we have a lot of cases. i just give you one where I, I kind of went against the profile of everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, I, years ago, I, I did look at the handwriting of the D.C. snipers mm-hmm. and I made a profile for them. Everybody else said it was one lone white male. I said, no, it Two men, both are. um,
0: Well, well, both were black. You went against the type on that one, yes.
1: I said one's older, one's younger, and one has ties to um, Islam, but they're not your typical Muslim. Like, it's not like from overseas Muslim. But um, and that was I, I, and I handed that profile in and um, the man the one man that I worked with who at that time who had all the bigger connections and Michelle this time you are wrong. and I'm like and um, no, I don't think so and of course I was he, he was right and he happens to teach um, at, a, at a in the forensic Duquesne forensic law school and and he's a wonder he was a wonderful detective and he said. And whenever he introduces me, he goes, she was right, we all were wrong. So that one always sticks out in my head. I mean, I have my own cases that I've worked on more personally. Like I had a case where we had um, a fire in a building, and it killed um, one boy in the building. It was a dormitory. He didn't get out. And um, it turns out nobody knew why this building had been put on fire they knew it was arson but they didn't know why and um it turns out that one of the girls in the building her parents got a letter telling how the fire was meant for her and how he was going to kill her another way and um that was one of my bigger cases we I, i figured out from whatever who wrote this proved in court why he wrote the letter to the parents and um that's one of my big cases, and the reason he did it, he, as at, as he did eventually confess afterwards, or he did say that I didn't mean to kill anybody. I just wanted to scare this girl so she'd come back to me because they were buddies, and she would fall in love with me. So that was one of my most interesting personal cases.
0: That's amazing. You must get a lot of comfort in the fact that uh, how many people you've helped over the years. I mean, you know, murder cases or th- missing people that you've been able to to help identify uh, people that have come to you because they get an insight into themselves and then a flashbulb goes off and now they have the courage, hopefully, to take that personal assessment you've been able to give them and move forward with it. I mean, what you have is truly a gift.
1: Thank you.
0: It really is. I mean, I know you started your, your background is as an artist and by the way go on to michelle's website and you will see some of her artwork and i believe you sell some of the artwork as well
1: i do i do so if anyone's interested let me know i'm actually going to have a new website up uh that's pretty soon but i don't have it yet um I, I am an artist i mean that's when people say to me well how do you how are you so good visually with this handwriting i say takes an artist to really look at the art uh, handwriting. I look at it as if it's, in a way, a painting, a drawing, and what did the person who drew this, what's in their brain? So um, that art has a lot to do with the handwriting, though my art has nothing to do with crime. My art's landscaped and, and fun and colorful.
0: Yeah, but it is, though. I mean, if you step back and think about it, the gift you have of being an artist, as you just alluded to a moment ago, Gives you that insight into handwriting. Artwork is a you know a snapshot, if you want to say, of a, a moment or moments that someone is painting, but it's there forever. Right. And so is that handwritten piece of information that you get to look at. We talked about this in the first part of the, of the uh, two-parter we're doing here. You can see deeper into the strokes of a painting than obviously the average person can, which gives you that insight to look into the handwriting even deeper, correct?
1: That's correct, and and just as you said something, it just reminded me of something I was talking about with someone. We were saying, when you look at handwriting you've saved, whether it's of your father, your mother, your first person who you fell in love with, who wrote you love letters, you kept that, and you have it with you forever, Very different than an email that um, can disappear any day. It is a piece of that person you keep with you forever.
0: Well, again, letters. I mean, very few people are sending thank-you cards. My aunt, who's 80, sends beautiful thank-you cards, which, you know, when they come, I go, wow, someone's still doing that. And that's, that's amazing. How many fakes are out there, Michelle? What should we look for if... A company or an individual wants to hire someone such as yourself. Are there any credentials that we should look for, or or is there just references and you go by what uh, you know the people that reference that individual?
1: I would say references. I'd also say some the training, but you really have to know um, who you're hiring to help you hire people or help you. Um, decipher things um, because with the handwriting as I said you do have to learn it you do have to know why somebody makes angles and not curves and why someone crashes into the margins there are certain things you look for but it's who can put that all together and there's not It takes a lot of uh, practice, a lot of work, and a lot of training, and maybe this extra sense that no matter how much work and training you get, you can't get unless it's something deep inside of you. So I would say um, if you do hire someone and they're not me, but you should hire me. But if you hire (laughs) someone who's not me them out a little with some things that you may already know um, like even when people hire me sometimes they get this person used to work for us what do you think of them and I'll tell them exactly who they were what they were what the problems were why things didn't work out and once that happens and you can show what you can do then they they know okay great and then they'll hire you I mean that's you you, t- you can test somebody out with handwriting samples that you've
0: already used or have. So your story alone for me, I I would want to watch the concept show they're coming up with. And here's another reason why you are a uh, attractive, smaller, petite woman
1: who Mm -hmm. has to go
0: up against people like me, my size, (laughs) my background, that start questioning you. And you get some big guy going, I don't know what you're saying there, baby, but it's wrong. It's, it, it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of strength Mm-hmm. For you to have to go into that environment and hold your own, because I can only imagine what it was like when you were analyzing the DC Sniper situation, and you told them that it was a lone wolf white guy. I mean, that went against everything because I remember following that, and that's exactly what I was thinking. This has to be a middle-aged white guy who has some sort of axe to bear with someone, mm-hmm. and that took you know that takes a lot of inner strength to do that so your handwriting must have been pretty good at that time for yourself right
1: right well I, yeah i mean i i have to go in i tell people when i say something if i don't say it it could still be there and i may not actually i keep a lot of stuff inside my head but when i say something believe me and and um, am and luckily for me my track record has followed me and I I sometimes am even shocked at myself from what I say and how accurate I am. I'm like, oh, how did I know that?
0: (laughs) That's great. It's a gift. we got about two minutes left here, and I wanted to kind of touch on this, and I think it's important. We talked about it off the air when I was driving uh, back home a couple weeks ago. The trust, the trust that has to go into you, you hold people's lives in your hands. Literally, you can... Change the course of a person's life right. by just doing this. We were discussing jokingly, you know, say there's a guy who's a CEO who might have everything going, but then you pick up on some strange sexual quirk right. that he might have. That could blackball him forever. And uh, well, just takes yeah, I a mean, lot. I
1: will never reveal anything oh, ever. Yeah. Something. But, but I do. It is a lot of. Um, I, I'm sometimes amazed at how much. Power in a way I do have an in influencing someone's life, and I take it seriously. And I'm very careful how I word things, and I don't want to word something that could ever hurt somebody. My goal is only to see what I do, what I do, only to help somebody. And so I, I sometimes even see things I won't say them because I, I have to be careful because somebody may not be ready to hear it yet.
0: So you have to have that. Hands-on, touchy approach, as well. You, you, there's right. so much that goes into what you do, and the thing I would say, if someone wanted me for a job to do a handwriting analysis, I'm going to ask the guy who's hiring me to do one. Who, who am I going to be working for? You want you, you want to know me? I want to know you. But you know, we're going to have to end it here. But I do want to keep an open communication with you. I'd like to bring you back on somewhere down in the line, maybe when the show's getting ready to go up. And running, I think it'd be a blast again to uh, continue this conversation.
1: I would be more than happy. I enjoy this. I, you know, people in the audience or have questions and want to mail them in. I'm happy to answer anything. So, uh, yeah, I'd love to do it again.
0: Great, thanks a lot. You have been listening to Life Unedited. My guest today, Michelle Dressbold. You can find her book, Sex, Lies, and Handwriting, on Amazon.com. And let's all hope that her her show gets a chance, and makes it on the television, because I think that would be really interesting.
1: Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks a lot. Uh, Bye-bye.